when hospitality comes back. So I'm going to try and just very quickly take us through a story, if you will, that's found in 2 Kings. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, and we'll be beginning in verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, and the heading here is Elisha raises the Shunammite's son. And you may recognize some of these pictures from the storybook. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. Now those are the kinds of women that I like. Pastor, are you hungry? Oh no, I'm fine. No, I insist. You have to try some of this. Well, if I must. And so this notable woman, she persuaded Elisha to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Another district I was in, I had to pass over the Appalachian Mountains and go to the other side and I would try and visit and have prayer meeting on Wednesday nights over there. But it was a 45 minute drive, trek to get over there. And there were times that I just quick ran out the door. I didn't think about supper, but there was one member I could call and I could say, Ann, I'm on this side of the mountain and I'm hungry. And she'd say, come on over. I'd say, all right. She'd say, when are you going to be here? I'd say, I'm in your driveway. (laughs) Sometimes I give her heads up, but not so much. But she was wonderful and a blessing. And so it says, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Verse nine. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God. Change my picture here. This is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And so you imagine them there standing, looking at the house. Why don't we just add this thing on? And like a typical male, he probably is standing there saying, honey, do you realize what that will require and this and that? Or he could respond the other way. I get to go to Lowe's. But whatever the case may be, they decided, okay, this is a good idea. And they got the bricks. They got the mortar. I don't know if it looked exactly like that, but you get the idea. They started putting this extra room together with the purpose of that when Elisha would come to stay, he'd have a nice cozy room. Something simple but very practical. A bed, a table to study, a lamp, a few things to make it nice. And so when he would pass by that way, he would stop in, not just for food now, but for some refreshment, some rest. This perhaps was at a good location for him on his way. And so I imagine he came often. The blessings of hospitality, making a space comfortable for Elisha, the prophet of God. Granted, this was at her and her husband's expense, But take a look also that hospitality is very practical in nature. Really, hospitality is looking after the needs of others. It's about providing a space and an opportunity, perhaps for ministry even. I remember at, I believe it was David Bauer's funeral. I remember it being kind of a cooler day. I don't remember, was it November or sometime? October, okay. And I remember it drizzling and cold. And there's not much worse than a drizzly, cold, wet day. And I remember many came from Fletcher Park Inn, but the bus could not come under what we had before. And so they had to pull all the way around the backside of the building and park on the slope with the pavement all wet. And I saw ladies and men getting out with their walkers and shuffling, couldn't really hold a walker and an umbrella at the same time to make their way undercover. And then to sign the guest book, they were standing in line outside before they could get their turn to come through the door and sign the guest book. 
I said, this is not very hospitable. They should be able to come and pull into the front door. They shouldn't have to wait out in the rain. And then following the service, I remember somebody, a member of the family that wanted to go downstairs and be part of this special light meal that we provide for the family often and so on. Thank you, deaconesses, for that. I know that's a big responsibility. They said, how can I get downstairs? Do you have an elevator? And I said, no, we don't. Didn't do a whole lot of good to say, but we have plans for one. Well, you'll have to go in the car and someone will have to drive you back around and you have to get out in the rain again and go back. Oh, I just don't know. Maybe never mind. And I thought this again is not being very hospitable. Friends, because of hospitality, of thinking of others' needs, of anticipating what they might like or what will make their stay more comfortable, you know some people have the gift of hospitality. seems like anything you could possibly think of is laid out and they're ready for you. And that leaves an impression. You say, that place was warm. That place was friendly. It was, it was caring. They were thoughtful to what I needed. They gave me refreshment when I needed it. They invited me a nice, warm place that was comfortable. And oftentimes you'll say, I want to go back there. I mean, you can look at hotel industry, restaurants, all the rest. If they're poor on hospitality, are you going to come back? Probably not. And the real opposite of hospitality is quite, well, the opposite. Get off of my property. You're not welcome here. Who asked you? You can solicit on this front porch. Get out. Dogs are barking the whole nine yards. And maybe if that person lives in proximity, even as you drive past their house for years later, what will you think of? I don't want to go back there again. I had a bad experience. It was everything but hospitable. Yes, places exude a feeling. Do you want to go back? And this isn't a bad space. We used this space for many, many years. It was great. But as nice as that is, I think our current fellowship hall is far more hospitable. And we have used that thing and used that thing and used that thing since completing it. And you know, oftentimes we think it's the truth that wins people over to the church. And don't get me wrong, we have an amazing message that is more relevant with every passing day. But more than anything else I hear about our church is I hear things like, it's so friendly, I just want to come back. It's the people that won me over. You guys are so kind and gracious to us. You fed us at the Evangelistic Sears. You fed us at the Daniel Fest. This place is great. The folks, that's all hospitality, isn't it? And if they enjoy our time with us, if we make that lasting impression, it then gives us permission to share our message. My desire in this edition, in this updated bathrooms and fellowship hall, will not be that any of these things will serve as a memorial to ourselves, but rather allow us to be more hospitable to our guests and our friends, our neighbors, and our community. That the elevator will allow people to attend a fellowship meal after church without battling the elements. That the foyer may cause people to stay and chat just a little bit longer because there's a place to be. Our living room, if you will, has been expanded. It was so nice. I saw a group of maybe eight or 10 people standing right there in the middle. And I commented to our head deacon, I think it was David. I said, David, this would have been a roadblock before. Now they're not in the way and people can go on either side. I don't like talking in a space where I constantly feel like I'm in the way. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Where should I be? I don't know. I guess I'll just leave. But now if we have more of a space, to linger, to talk, to connect. Oh, you're from out of town. You look familiar. Where'd you go to school? I did too. Do you have a place for lunch? Why don't you come on over? I don't know what kind of interactions those might have or you might have, but I imagine and I pray that the Holy Spirit will use this space to use this place that people will linger just a little bit longer 
that we can minister a little bit more, that connections can be made. People can be invited to your house or mine, not because they made a beeline for the parking lot, but because they lingered in this nice, hospitable space and place. If it leads more to more Sabbath afternoon lunches, if it leads to more Sabbath afternoon hikes, if it leads to more connection, you know, somebody comes through these doors for the first time and there's no connection, they're probably not going to come back. But if they connect with somebody, if they go hiking with somebody, there's a much better chance they will come back. And so my prayer is that this new space will allow for those interactions and that by God's grace and the leading of the Holy Spirit, it may lead people to Christ, and I think that it will. And some of you may say, oh, that's too much. I don't know if I buy into that. That's a stretch. But is it? Notice going back to this story, they build this space, a nice comfortable place for Elisha the prophet to come as he's passing through. They get it all ready and cozy, and then of course he comes by, and I'm sure they're very excited to show, hey, we've been under construction here. Let me show you this new place. And he comes in. I imagine it. it's very nice, and he really enjoys it. In fact, we read here in Prophets and Kings 2.37, to this retreat, Elisha often came, thankful for its quiet peace. And now the Lord rewarded her hospitality, if you know the story, by the gift of a son. Do you remember that part? In this Bible story, I'll let you read it. We'll just kind of paraphrase it here. But it was because of this couple's hospitality. It was because of their caring. It was because they built a space, a place of retreat for Elisha, that God honored their hospitality by the gift of a son. Stop and think about that. Without their hospitality, without their love, without their friendliness, this little life, we could say this babe in Christ would never have been born. Is it true? I imagine as a boy grew, he looked forward to Elisha's visits and to show him little projects, things he was working on. Maybe he drew him pictures like my kids like to draw pictures and hand them out. I don't know. But the Bible does tell us in verse 18, early one day, he was old enough. He was out working in the field. His head started to hurt. They took him to his mother. It says she held her son, her one and only son, in her arms until noon, until he died in her arms. And if you know the story, she takes her boy up to Elisha's room, lays him there on the bed. She gets on a donkey with a servant boy, and they travel in search of Elisha, the prophet, somebody they knew well because of hospitality. And Elisha comes. He prays to the Lord. And the remarkable thing about this story is the child comes back to life. Verse 35, the end of the verse, it says, and the child opened his eyes. Verse 36, and he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her. And when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground, and then she picked up her son and went out. Can you imagine the reunion? A child reunited with their parents? And then as the storybook says, you know, the Bible just says she picked up her son and she went out, but I imagine there were some conversations with that little boy. Perhaps they pointed to the roof and said something like, as the storybook says, we thought to do a kindness when we built that room, but the kindness has come back to us twice over. And I imagine the mother saying, Junior, kindness always comes back. And maybe the little boy whispers, Yeah, kindness always comes back. And moving into this new addition to this church, we dedicate this space to the Lord, don't we? That He will use it for His purposes. And that by God's grace, our hospitality will come back. That our love will come back. That our kindness will come back. That people will feel welcome. That their most basic needs will be provided. And over time, we will gain permission 
to share the truth that we've been entrusted with. And perhaps as we love people in this new space, we will be blessed with babes in Christ that wouldn't have existed otherwise. Perhaps as we love people in this new space, God will bring healing to sick and the hurting, the discouraged, and the depressed. Ephesians 4.10 is talking about pastors and teachers. But if I could change it just a little bit, is it possible that this space could equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up? 1 Corinthians 13.1, last verse. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, pretty impressive, but have not love. I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, again, very important, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love. I am nothing, Paul says. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Yes, love suffers long. It's kind. Does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Yes, love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Friends, may we use this space to show hospitality and kindness and the love of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for this gift. And may we use it to ever glorify Him. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning we give thanks to You. All praise and glory and honor only you are deserving of. We thank you for this new space that you have given to us. I pray that we will use it to be hospitable, loving, caring for ministry, for evangelism, to further your work and your cause, and that people, as we gain their trust, will learn of some of the best truths they've ever heard that will forever change their lives. So Lord, we dedicate this space and this place to you again today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.